Alright, so check this out. I have an 18-month-old baby girl, and part of our routine is every Monday, we walk from our flat to a park and back via a different route through another park because she likes to look at the cherry blossoms. We've done this every single Monday for around 13 months now. I never change the route, and it's roughly the same time every week. We took off, got to the first park, and all was okay. But for some strange reason, I felt like I was in a panic. My heart rate was high. I felt a bit anxious. I didn't really want to stay, but my daughter was having a good time. Eventually, I worked out that there was no one else in the park, just us, and it's usually quite full, so I thought that must be it. We started our walk home, where we changed the route to walk through the second park, which has the cherry blossoms. I know this route like the back of my hand. Crossed at a set of lights, and then first right and up the hill to the park, it's not a complicated route. I was walking with my head down and suddenly realized I have no idea where I am. I've never seen this road before. I've lived in the city for 16 years. It felt completely off. There were no cars. There were no cars, no leaves. Every road here is covered in them. There was no wind. It was deadly silent. I went to stop and walk back the way that I came, presuming that somehow I managed to screw up the route. And then suddenly, a car drives past with a woman in a brown jacket and hat and a pair of black sunglasses. I think, well, I'll just keep going. And then I end up at the park somehow. Then another red car. Same woman with the same jacket, hat, and glasses, but a slightly different car. I think that's a bit bizarre. And then it happens again. Red car, woman in a brown jacket with a hat and glasses. I pick up the pace and then I start going down a different street, but something felt really bad about going that way, so I kept going straight and after about 20 minutes of walking, I get to the end and I'm on the road that takes me to the park that I was aiming for. But suddenly, all the noises, the leaves, and the cars are back. I get to the park and check my phone and it's 2pm. I left the first park at 10.45am. It takes 25 minutes to get from that park to the second one. I couldn't have been walking for more than 20 minutes down that street. The following day, I woke up early for work and I couldn't stop thinking about the road, so I left earlier in my car and I couldn't find it anywhere. I tried two different ways, one where I entered and one where I exited, and the routes I ended up on were not that road that I had walked down. I just can't work it out. I couldn't sleep for two whole days thinking about it, and now I can't stop seeing the face of the woman in the brown jacket, but I don't remember ever actually acknowledging what she looked like at the time. I used to be in the army. One day, about six years ago, four of my soldiers and I, I was a sergeant at the time, were working on our vehicle maintenance on Motor Pool Monday. I had been with this organization for almost two years, and the process for turning in our maintenance paperwork had always been the same. It was inspect the vehicles, annotate any faults on the paperwork, 
bring it to the mechanics to verify those faults, and once verified, bring it to the company XO. After I passed out the maintenance paperwork for that week to my soldiers, they went out and tried to complete the task. However, they came back to me a little while later to let me know that the mechanics were refusing to verify the paperwork and said that they were supposed to bring it to the XO first and then it would go to them. This irritated me because I knew the process and that was wrong. I figured it was just a new mechanic giving out bad information, so I went and talked to the maintenance chief warrant officer. When I told him the process that we were trying to do, his exact words were, We have never done it like that, sergeant. At this point, I feel like I'm being pranked, so I call my platoon sergeant. He tells me that I'm wrong, and it's never been done that way that I remember. Well, it wasn't just me that remembered it that way. All four of my soldiers were just as confused as myself. We asked our buddies from other platoons, other mechanics, and other sergeants, and everyone told us that we were in the wrong. Wanting to just be done with it for the day, we all complied with the process. A week goes by and Motor Pool Monday comes back around. My soldiers and I do the process that we did the week prior. I go to bring the paperwork to the XO before the mechanics, and he looks at me and says, What are you doing, Sergeant? These have to be verified by the mechanics first before you bring them to me. I laughed and asked if he was joking, but he said he wasn't. So I went back to Motor Pole and asked the maintenance chief, who affirmed the process that I knew was right from the beginning. I went back to my office and told my soldiers, who were all just as confused as I was. Everyone had gone back to the original way, and no one had any memory of the other process other than my four soldiers and myself. We couldn't think of any good explanation for what happened other than a really weird shared glitch. This process never changed again. It remained the same for the next one and a half years that I was with the organization. To this day, I randomly think about this and it drives me crazy not knowing what happened there. In 1988, a friend and I were staying in an extremely small one-bedroom house for a week in the middle of the Allegheny Mountains. The closest neighbor was almost five miles away and there was nothing but country. Late one night, we were up listening to music and I heard a dog scratching at the door. It was a small, friendly Jack Russell, so we let it in and gave it some food and water. We were sitting in the living room when the dog ran past into the bedroom and then slowly backed out of the bedroom growling and snarling with the fur on his back standing straight up. We both stood up, grabbed our jackets, and walked out of the house. We stood outside the front door, calling for the dog, but the dog wouldn't come, so we shut the door and walked away from the house to calm down because it freaked us out a little. We kept our eyes on the front door. There was no back door, and the house was easy to see because the porch light was the only light around for miles. It was dead quiet. We didn't hear anything. We couldn't even hear the dog anymore. After about 30 minutes, we went back into the house and the dog was gone. We've never seen it since. But for a few days, we tried to figure out how the dog could have gotten out of the house or what could have spooked it so bad that night, but we never did. 
The dog couldn't have gotten out without someone letting it out. We didn't see anyone come out and as far as we could tell, there was no one around for miles. We didn't see another person or a car drive past the entire time that we stayed there. Me and the friend that was there that day are still friends to this day and every now and again we bring it up and try to explain it in a way that makes sense, but we never can. In 2007, a friend came around my house. We were going rock climbing, but first, coffee. I boiled the kettle and took two mugs, placed a spoon of instant coffee in both, no sugar or milk for either, and we chatted about the plan for the day while the kettle boiled, and then when it was boiling and steaming up my small kitchen, I poured the boiling water into the two mugs, stirred, I handed him one and I took one myself. I carefully took a sip, and it was stone cold, like I'd made it with water from a bottle in the fridge. Hey, uh, Matt, is your coffee okay? He looked at me quizzically and said everything was fine. I showed him my coffee and how cold it was. Having just watched me make it, neither of us had any clue how or why this happened. I'm sharing this story because I think there are others who are suffering in their own lives and feeling hopeless right now and I'm hoping that by sharing this, it might restore some hope in your listeners who may need it right now. This was in 2017 and I had recently moved to a new city where I didn't live near any friends or family members. This was a particularly hard point in my life because I had just escaped an abusive marriage and was trying to start over fresh in a new place. I was driving a rusted 1997 Forest Green Chevy Cavalier at the time because I was broke and couldn't afford a better car. This car had been giving me trouble lately and for as long as I've had it because it was 20 years old at this point and something seems to break down on it every other week, but it was all I could afford to drive at the time. I was driving on the highway on a crisp autumn day, and this day had been a particularly bad one. You know, one of those days where you've had enough and every little thing gets to you, and everything seems to go wrong all at once. I began to feel my car start to sputter, and it started shaking as I tried to drive it. Oh, now what? I thought to myself, and as I mentioned, this was a very horrible day where everything was going wrong all at once and I just needed one single thing to go right in my life right now, so this was the worst time for anything to go wrong with my car. My bank account had a near zero dollar balance and I couldn't afford to fix or replace any additional issues with this car. After it started to sputter and vibrate a bit, I heard a loud popping noise that scared the life out of me and my car was beginning to drive more slowly than usual, even though I was flooring the gas pedal. I panicked when I realized that I had to get off the highway and pull over to the side of the road immediately before I got into an accident. So I put my emergency flashers on and steered my malfunctioning car to the side of the highway. I know it sounds strange, but it was like I was only able to pull my car over at the very last second with not a second to spare before it died and before I got into an accident. 
It was strange, and I can't explain it, but in any event, I steered towards the side of the highway and turned my car off. This was the last thing that I needed today. I tried to start my car again, and it just made sputtering sounds, and the ignition would not engage. I don't know much about cars, but I know that this isn't good, and I was in trouble. I sat back in my seat and gave up trying to restart my car out of frustration after several failed attempts. What could I do now? I don't have the money to fix any more problems with this stupid thing, and I can't afford a tow truck to tow me somewhere. I don't know anyone in this new town, and I felt very helpless and alone in this moment. I had had enough today, so I lost it and began to sob uncontrollably. After about a minute of this, I suddenly heard a voice almost telepathically say to me, it's going to be okay. Now, I'm a very skeptical and logical person, and this didn't make any sense to me, considering that I couldn't pinpoint where this voice was coming from when I heard it say it inside my own head, and I wasn't the one saying it. And no, I don't use drugs, I don't have any mental health issues, and I've never suffered from hallucinations before, in case you were wondering. I looked in my rearview mirror and immediately saw a red sedan pulling up behind me, which then stopped. I watched through my rearview mirror as a very tall man with shoulder-length blonde hair stepped out of the red car and approached mine. I don't know how to explain it, but there was something strangely familiar about this man. He was very tall and somehow felt, I don't know, different than other people in a way that I can't put into words. He felt very loving, safe, and kind as he walked up to my driver's side window. He briefly made eye contact with me and I could feel so much love and kindness emanating from him, even though I can't explain how. Can you please pop your hood for me? He asked me without vocal words. I was taken aback and really flummoxed when I realized he was speaking to me inside my head telepathically and without moving his mouth at all and even if he had been speaking out loud, I wouldn't have been able to hear him because my window was still rolled up. Yet I understand every word he was saying. So I popped the hood of my car and waited. This'll only take a minute, the kind man told me, again telepathically. Now, like I previously stated, I am a very logical person and I'm quite skeptical, but even I couldn't deny that this person was talking to me telepathically so I popped the hood of my car and I waited. I felt my car sway from side to side as he was doing something under the hood. I don't know what he was doing, though. What I can tell you is that it would take a lot of muscle power for a single man to make my car rock from side to side this much, and it rocked my body as he did this. I had no idea what he was doing since he was hiding behind the hood of my car, but he was clearly doing something. After only a few seconds, maybe ten, he emerged and told me telepathically, Can you please try and start your car again real quick? So I turned my key in the ignition and perhaps by some miracle, my car started immediately. I was in shock. Who was this man? How did he just fix my car that quickly and without any visible tools? He nodded and closed the hood of my car and began to walk back to his car after making brief eye contact with me again before he left. I could just hug you, 
I exclaimed telepathically. I felt more grateful than I could express in words. He briefly held his hand up before he walked back to my car. It's not necessary. And with that, he walked back to his car and I was in shock. He didn't ask me for anything in return and just fixed my car for free and for some reason knew exactly what was wrong with it and was talking to me telepathically. What the hell just happened? I felt like I might be going crazy until I realized that my previously broken down car was now inexplicably running perfectly again without any mechanic fixing it and I had objective, observable proof that I was not. I felt stunned and I sat frozen in my car for what felt like forever before I looked into my rearview mirror again and I know it sounds crazy and if this had not just actually happened to me, I wouldn't believe it, but his red car literally vanished right in front of my eyes. It disappeared right in front of me and I watched it happen through my rearview mirror. In one second, the red car was behind me with him sitting inside of it and the next second, it was just gone. I don't understand how this is possible and I've given up trying to even rationalize it logically to myself. I have no idea why this man helped me so generously and for no known reason, but before I gathered myself and tried to merge back onto the highway, I heard that same voice say to me telepathically, I told you it was going to be okay before, and I meant it. This was the same telepathic voice that I had heard before, and I felt paralyzed, and I couldn't seem to move or drive away until I heard this person out. I know you don't remember me, but I remember you, and I want you to know that I have loved you forever, and I will love you forever, and you need to do nothing to deserve this love or reciprocate it. It just is. My love for you is endless, timeless, and perhaps I've loved you over many lifetimes. I was paralyzed and I felt an overwhelming wave of energy take over that I can only describe as endless, unconditional love. I began to cry again, but they were good tears this time. I couldn't actually move my body, no matter how hard I tried, but I distinctly remember trying to move my arms to roll my driver's side window down because I felt too hot. And yeah, it was one of those old, non-automatic crank levers, but I couldn't actually move my arms to do it. I felt paralyzed, and as this person spoke to me, it felt like his words were resonating inside of my soul in a way that I can't describe in words. I've never met this human being before once in my entire lifetime, and I had no idea why he was acting like we knew each other. I was finally able to unfreeze for a moment and ask him, now telepathically, I've never met you before, so are you an alien or something? He said, perhaps I am an interdimensional alien human from the future. I'm someone who has loved you through many lives and lifetimes. I'm sorry that it's confusing and I understand why you can't remember me. What does that even mean? I wondered to myself, and I tried to ask him. What the hell is an interdimensional human alien from the future anyway? And again, I promise I wasn't high or drunk when this happened, but he didn't answer me or talk to me anymore. He was just gone. I'm a rational person and I wanted answers, but he never answered my question so I was left wondering, what the hell did I just experience? 
if I was making all of this up in my own mind, my car wouldn't be running and functional again after it broke down earlier without any mechanical service. I honestly have no logical explanation as to what happened, why he seemed so familiar, or who this man was. In any event, I thought this experience was worth sharing, and by the way, I've never had any more problems with my car since this. I can't logically explain away what happened to me, but I wanted to share it because it restored my hope during a time in my life where I had none, and I hope that by sharing this, it will do the same for others. Life gets so hard sometimes, and I think that many of us feel like we're drowning in hopelessness, and we feel so alone sometimes, and maybe we can't imagine anyone existing out there who loves us without requiring anything from us in return, but this experience proved otherwise to me. This one experience completely changed my life, and I'll explain how. After this happened to me, I began to see things differently and without knowing how or why. I was slower to anger and I now have the psychic capacity to see things from other people's perspectives in addition to my own, in a more expanded way that I wasn't able to before. I'm now able to empathetically feel and physically see what other people are feeling and thinking as if their thoughts and feelings are my own. Then, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it was like after this happened to me, I saw and felt how we're all connected through time and space. And when you hurt another person, you're actually hurting yourself as we are all one. This one experience has made me a better person, and I try to help others now whenever and wherever I can. Anyway, thanks for listening to my story. I know it was a bit long-winded. And I hope that everyone listening to this now feels less alone and hopeless and more loved than before they heard it. No matter where or when you happen to be inside of this matrix, no matter who or where you are, know that you can make the world a better place by being more selfless and kind. And hey, kindness never hurt anyone. The rug is a little under five feet and is a circle, shaggy rug with a grip padding on the bottom. The house is not on a slant or hill and there's no other furniture that touches the daughter's rug that can push it. The rug is in the middle of the room with a small rocking horse on top of the rug. I see that the rug shifts in my daughter's room so that it's pressed against her dresser. I then pick it up and shift it to the middle of the room again after a week or so, the process repeats. Normally, I would think it's my daughter that's playing on top of it or using her rocking horse that's shifting the rug towards her dresser, but the rug has a rubber grip base and there's an additional rug non-slip rubber pad that we custom ordered to fit the rug under the bottom. My toddler was born premature and is less than 20 pounds with not much more strength than the average child. I tried to jump on top of it, shift it with my feet, and the rug and the padding is very hard to move and would be impossible for my daughter to do so simply by playing on it. I've also tried turning and moving the horse on top to different parts of the rug for a few weeks at a time, and the rug always shifts into the same position in the room. We have no idea what's going on. User Mike2Dog is in the comment section. He says... I can deal with hills having eyes, but if rugs have legs now, I'm out. 
That's funny right there. First, I have to explain a couple of things so everybody will understand. The first thing is, in my country, we put coins of a particular denomination in grocery store carts to unlock them. And the second thing is, when we pay the utilities, we pay in physical cash at the administrator's office. I always keep two coins in a pocket in my wallet so I have them to unlock grocery store carts. It's one of those pockets that has a zipper. So yesterday, I went to pay the utilities and I end up using the two coins to pay the exact sum because I was the first person in line and the administrator had no change. This morning, I checked my wallet to see if I had enough cash on me and lo and behold, the pocket was open and the same two coins were back in there. I was stunned. No, nobody could have put them there. My partner doesn't even know that I keep two coins there. I'm taking it as, your finances are fine, money will come, don't worry. Because the last couple of days I was a bit pissed about an unexpected $650 bill and the universe wanted to maybe give me a wink. This is by no means my first glitch, but it is a notable one. 